0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Living a life of joy and peace begins with knowing all you need is right inside you all the time waiting to be revealed and shared welcome to timeshare living reality navigating the dream with your host marie jackson listen in as marie and her regular contributors guide you to realizing the perfection you already are now here is marie jackson
2: welcome to timeshare on voice america's seventh wave my name is marie jackson A timeshare for many of us is a vacation spot, a break from the routine, a place to go for a change of scene or a timeout from the to-do list. Afterward, we return, feeling refreshed, energized, rested. The timeshare you just tuned into is a bit like that. You can take time out from your schedule, take a break and a breath, then go back to your day, seeing things perhaps a bit differently, broader, bigger, deeper, Every Thursday from noon until 1, my regular contributors and I discuss and explore the subject of metaphysical spirituality. Metaphysical spirituality is a field of study, a philosophy, or a science, seeking to know life's essence beyond what we recognize as physical. Timeshare offers conversations to help deepen our comfort with questions, questions that bridge the gap between materialist science and ideology or faith. It is here that we find practical applications for ancient and contemporary teachings, applications to help us understand life, each other, and how to live the happiness that is our birthright. Today I am joined once again by Priya Rana Kapoor, my regular Second Thursday contributor and my friend. Priya is a life coach, speaker, author, and magazine editor offering tools and perspective on overcoming doubt revealing personal courage, and realizing personal dreams. Priya's book, Give Yourself Permission to Live Your Life, magazine, Give Yourself Permission, and e-courses offer practical applications for authentic living in a distracting world. Priya joins me every month with her perspective on creating an environment that allows the promise inherent in each of us from the time we are born to be fulfilled. That's what this show is all about, sharing perspectives and tools with our listeners. And you are invited to join in. Hello, Priya. As always, I'm looking forward to our conversation.
0: As am I, Marie. Thank you very much.
2: Um, Marge's topic is how we see things, vision. Mm -hmm. And my opening statement is the view of the glass as half full or half empty changes once we realize there's no glass. So how do you see that statement? How would you like to begin? How do you how would you approach this if you were working with someone?
0: Well, I would look at perspective. We all have a perspective on different events. And sometimes they're the same as other people. Sometimes they're completely different on the same event. So to me, it's all about how we look at things. And so the glass being half full, half empty is this age old debate. And it it really goes into mindset and positivity, if you're more negative, if you're more positive. But then we take it, you take it one step further, or we're taking it one step further, (sighs) when we let go of what is sort of constraining us which is the separation between you and me and how we go out into this world as a sort of a a matrix for want of a better word how we're all connected but I think there's a struggle
2: there so so the struggle the struggle is one that we're trying to negotiate or navigate I like using that word because there are so many options that are open to us as we go down this path the struggle is something that we're trying to navigate between our choices, and we can see opportunities wherever we are and make choices relative to what benefits ourselves, mm-hmm. or we can see it as a zero-sum game. If I win this, then you lose that, There, and the reverse is also true, that if you win, therefore I lose Is there a way that we can navigate all of this? This is my approach. Is there a way that we can navigate all of this so that there are no losers? Because when we realize that we're all in this together, everybody wins. There is no full. There is no empty.
0: Well, absolutely. The the, the problem with that is that it relies on everybody getting in on the action um and and that would be in an ideal world and maybe one day we'll get there and yes you're absolutely right how how we behave now will dictate how other people but not dictate but it'll show other people how to behave they may pick up mental they may not but we are all in this together we are going to cre- keep this world going and if we don't try and keep The ecology and different things going on, we are going to, there's going to be the demise of this world. The problem is, is we've come from a place where we've grown up with mother, father and mother, mother or parent and child. And so there has been distinctions and there is a hierarchy. And, you know, in in the world, there has to be a hierarchy in some respects to keep not to keep it going down the Mad Max route, as it were. (laughs) So, I mean, and so we choose those. We, we, we vote those, we vote that hierarchy in, we have laws. Um, so that's the material world, but we can start on a more metaphysical level.
2: When, when I was preparing for today, I think I might have mentioned in other broadcasts, one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite um, teachers um, is Rick Hansen.
1: I don't mm-hmm. know if I,
2: I, think I mentioned him to you before. Rick Hansen, PhD, international best-selling author of Buddha's Brain. He wrote a wonderful book called Hardwiring Happiness, mm-hmm. The New Brain Science of Contentment, Calm, and Confidence. And in one of his earlier books, I, I pulled this out this morning because I think it makes, it, it's, it's germane to what we're talking about. In one of his earlier books called Just One Thing, love that book, both of them, Hardwiring Happiness and Just One Thing, He talks about how the brain evolved. Our brain evolved in three stages. The reptilian brain first, the mammalian brain second, and our human brain third. So we started out with this reptilian system where we are focused on avoiding harm. What Hansen tells us is we're not hardwired to be happy. We're hardwired to survive.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And a lot of times we see our survival as based on you win, I lose, or I win, you lose. And that is our survival. That's our reptilian brain at work. And it takes work to overcome that and get into our limbic system, which is our mammalian brain, or our cortical system, which is our human brain. And what we're trying to do is get to the cortical system where we act as one humanity. Beyond this reptilian survival, zero-sum game, i have a stake in this so when we look at this glass we say how does this glass how is this glass an advantage for me how is yeah. it a disadvantage for me and what we need to do is look beyond that because we don't really have a stake in the glass because there isn't any glass We're rolling this together where does that start where where do we begin as you said earlier we all, have to be, we, we all have to be on that same page. We all have to see this the same way. And I've, I'm always stuck with how do we get started on that? Our, our brain, our prefrontal cortex is not even developed until we're 25 years old. So we mm-hmm. can't really even evaluate the consequences of our choices until we're like 25. But by then, our neural pathways are so ingrained it take we have to we have to work really hard. This is what Dr. Hansen tells us. We have to work really hard to make new neural pathways so that we prepare to be happy, prepare to share, prepare to connect to the rest of humanity. If you're working with a client, how do you make how do you start that conversation with somebody?
0: Well, there is the neural pathways, and yes, you're right. After the twenty. Uh, um, I don't know if you know Sean Acor. He wrote The Happiness Advantage, and it's all about the science behind happiness. Uh-huh. And he talks a lot about neuroplasticity and neuropathways. And he gives some practical tools there. And I actually worked with him and started oh, The Happiness Blessing. Advantage in the UK. Yeah. Nice. So t- to me, I, I, yes, it is difficult to rewire and lay down new neurological pathways, but it's not impossible and that's the thing it's we we need to start you say you know you were saying at 25 years old that's when everything sort of settles down in the brain absolutely and we do have these relationships of the hierarchy relationships when we're younger because we're still trying to learn things um and so to me the first place is to to is to that we can do even before we started trying to make choices between me and you and the glass and everything is come from a place of love Mm -hmm. and that can be taught Mm -hmm. or shown through family environment through the media through teaching through how you interact with your friends and so to me, if I was working with a client, it was for me, first of all, to sort of not debunk, but demystify the whole neuropathways and, and I can't change. I work a lot with my clients on this. Mm-hmm. They come in, they go, oh, you know, what? I'm just an anxious person. I just can't change. It's just the way I am. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, it's a choice. You can change. I've seen people when I was working in a neurological practice, when I was seeing neurological patients, I have seen people that have had strokes or brain injury that have changed. They couldn't read. They couldn't walk. they They said, you know, you'll never go back to university. And because of a choice they made, they've learned things, and they have been able to change. They did go back to university. They got the MBA. So you can change. That's the first step.
2: That's I think that's a really important consideration. And I don't want to veer too much off of what we're talking about today, but you are hitting a client that I had yesterday. She doesn't have the energy to change. Mm. She has gone down this pathway and I've worked with her over the years. I think I think she's just she she insists that she's hardwired to be depressed. She's insisting mm. that she's hardwired to be unhappy. Um I've been trying to work with her because somehow this unhappiness works for her. Somehow she gets some kind of a payoff. I don't know if it's um, an excuse to not achieve. Um, It gives her attention that she would not otherwise be getting. So we've worked from all these different angles. But there comes a time when we have to admit that uh, this is going to take work. We mm-hmm. need to start making decisions where we preserve our energy so that we can use our energy in the right place and find out that it's not quite as risky as we think it is. We have mm-hmm. a stake sometimes in being miserable.
0: Mm-hmm. It's called secondary gain.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that a little bit. Can you approach that for us a little bit? The secondary gain because you've mentioned that before and I I'd like to hear a little bit more about it.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a therapy term, really, and it it we all do we all make choices. We, we do consciously or subconsciously the way in, in our behavior. And sometimes we hold ourselves back because it's A, easier, or as you said, you get the attention from people. Or the, and we do this subconsciously, so there's no blame in this. But sometimes we get the attention we never got as a child uh-huh. or we get the attention we crave. That's a secondary gain. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. the secondary gain is when we don't do what's obviously in our best interest (laughs) because we're getting something if we don't shine, for instance.
2: I understand. At least we're working with something that we know. I'm I'm looking at our little clock here. We're just Mm -hmm. about on a break. So, let's pick that up on the other side. Um, So, let me remind our listeners, you're listening to Timeshare on Voice America's seventh wave with me, Marie Jackson, my regular Second Thursday contributor, Priya Rana Kapoor, and I are talking about vision today and how we see things from a broader perspective. When we return, we'll discuss the difference, if there is one, between a full glass and an empty one, and how one or the other works for us. Please stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go, on iPhone, Blackberry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, Blackberry App World, or Android Market. Marie Jackson is a holistic mentor in the field of metaphysical spirituality. Her practice includes private advising. Workshops and talks. Clients and students are offered tools, guidance, practices, and resources for managing stress and realizing personal power. Marie has a focus on intention and the law of attraction. By staying true to the spirit of who you are in daily living, you can process short and long term goals, negotiate and hold boundaries, and clarify communication and commitments in work, relationships, and family dynamics. For more information, visit mariejackson.net.
0: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: You are tuned into Timeshare, Living Reality, Navigating the Dream. To reach Marie Jackson or her guest today, please call into the program at 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. If you'd rather send an email, her email address is marie at mariejackson.net. Now, back to Timeshare.
2: Welcome back. Today uh, Priya and I are talking about vision and before we went to break we were talking about how an empty glass works for us. Sometimes some of us are just not happy unless we're miserable and we look at the glass as half empty because somehow that works for us. Priya was talking about secondary gain and during the break we were approaching that a little bit more about secondary gain that somehow we don't we don't intend to be unhappy right Priya we don't it's not our intention to be unhappy but the unhappiness works yeah it it works for us can you talk a little bit more about that
0: well the bottom the bottom line is if it works for us it's it's where we're comfortable we stay where we're comfortable and not all the time obviously but but that's the easiest place to stay and the most happy or the comfortable because we don't have to have the pain of growth or change sometimes the pain of growth or change is so scary for people because it's the unknown because they're worried about so many things it's so frightening so So people would rather
2: people would rather stay with the pain of abuse Mm. than work toward the pain of the work through the pain to get through the unknown
0: Well, yeah, sometimes because if that's a pattern they've known forever, they know how to behave in that pattern. And also the alternative is scary. Where am I gonna live? What how am I gonna put food on my plate? Are my children gonna have shoes? I mean, and it's understandable why people don't leave. and so this is why there are so as this is as an aside, there are great programs for people to go to where you can get that help, where you will have food put on your plate. So you do need to ask for help on that one. But it's putting the hand out maybe you never
2: knew how to ask for help
0: maybe you were told not to ask for help growing up and so you've just gone into this pattern over and over and over again
2: so how you do it. you how do you f- see the difference but because as you know I like to do a little bit of wordsmithing Mm -hmm. and words are are important they carry energy Mm -hmm. and uh, they're vehicles of thought and when we are careful about our words Mm -hmm. we're careful about the way we communicate and and it's that care that helps our clients to find their way through when we can make real distinctions between what they're feeling what they think they're feeling Mm-hmm. Um, are they willing to look at something else? What do you see as the difference between vision and view?
0: Hmm.
1: That's an I interesting. See, I one. see a
2: difference between those two, and I was wondering where you would go with that. To me, vision is something. View. View to me is our current capacity. Whatever the situation is right now, how do I view this situation? But the vision takes us beyond our view, takes us into a longer mm. um, a longer balance, a longer perspective, how we, we see definitely. things beyond our, what we see currently. Is that how, it, am I yeah. going too far afield with that? No,
0: no, no. And I think you're absolutely right because I work a ton on vision with clients. It's one of the first things I do so we can know what the intention is for their lives, what their intention is. And so we can work with the intention to get to their vision, as it were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's why I love vision boards. Um, and, of course, everything changes, but the vision board will open the mind up. That's the thing. We're so sometimes afraid to go beyond what we think is possible that we stay in the view, as it were, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we don't go to the vision because it's scary. And what happens if it doesn't happen? So I I understand that. But vision to me is an expansive. It's full of air. It's full of breath. It's full of love, the vision. The view is, is, is absolutely a survival thing as well. And that's okay. It's the present, the view. It's being present, seeing, okay, what is going on? And then how do I put my vision into it?
2: You know, I read um, uh, an interesting phrase. I hope I say this correctly. I don't have it at my fingertips, but you're sending my brain there. That um, no one ever makes never, no one ever makes a bad decision given given their view of the circumstances.
0: Yeah, exactly. It
2: and was. That a- is, that's huge though isn't it that we don't make that we can't say oh my goodness how could you have done that you know if it were me I would have done something else no yeah. one ever makes the wrong the wrong choice given their view of things and and I think that's a lot that's a lot yes. of the work we need to do
0: uh, or at least they don't go out of their way to make the wrong decision sometimes mm. they you know and it's again back to trusting your gut a little bit sometimes sometimes people go against their true feelings mm-hmm. and so they know they're making a decision that may be not in line with who they are mm-hmm. but given the circumstances given their need to keep safe they yes. make oh, that
2: decision that's huge that's mm-hmm. because that's what we do we make decisions to make us safe mm-hmm. when i was preparing for today i came across an article that i think is is right in your wheelhouse <laughs> um about resilience Oh yeah, and yeah you're one of your favorite subjects um, and these are, I'd like to go through these a bit at a time if I can with you mm-hmm. and get your perspective on this because I think this is so huge and it goes back to what I said earlier about I have this one particular client who doesn't have the energy, really have the energy to make any changes right now and, and we really need to work a lot on resilience for her. Um, number mm-hmm. one, uh, this, this article is 10 Traits of Emotionally Resilient People. Um, and it came out of the, uh, the website HeartMath.com. Love HeartMath. Wonderful people at HeartMath. Um, and these 10 traits of emotionally resilient people, can I take them one at a time with you? And we'll mm-hmm. talk a, a little bit about it because I think this is the beginning when you said everything goes back to love. Self-love, mm-hmm. love for another, mm-hmm. access the love that you are. Uh, number one, um, the first trait of emotionally resilient people is they practice the art of care and self-care.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Y- yes.
2: <laughs> it's Number the first one. chapter
0: in my book. So if we don't love ourselves, if we don't trust ourselves, if we don't think we're worthwhile,
2: mm-hmm. you sometimes you need to start there. Uh-huh. Some, well, sometimes th- you need to start there. One start at one one piece at a time. What they go on to say in this article is they've taken the time to discover. So huge mm-hmm. discover because it's there. Mm-hmm. It isn't that we have to create it, it's there. Discover and incorporate whatever it is that makes them feel cared for, creating a baseline and individual strategy. The baseline comes from love, self-love. you got to start yeah. there.
0: But so many things get in the way of that. So the many biggest things. one is, is that people think they're being selfish if they do that. And that's such a no-no yeah. in Western society.
2: Oh, it is. Boy, if, we, so could the the, if we could just undo that word. <laughs> Selfish. It's just dreadful. So that's less- um, the second thing that um, these emotionally resilient people show is that they understand that stressful situations, this is the one that I need to work on with my client, they understand that stressful situations don't define them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have relegated circumstances to the rightful place as short-term conditions that have no power or influence over who they are in the moment or who they will be when the situation has changed.
0: Yeah. And I think the first step there is figuring out what you can control and what you can't control. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, there is we, we, we think we can control everything. We get involved and we can maneuver everything. Some things we cannot control and that <laughs> sometimes gets rid of a lot of stress. Friends, uh-huh. You know, I, I always joke about the wedding thing. Um, everybody gets so upset about what the weather's going to be like on their wedding day. You <laughs> yes, can do nothing yes. about that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, know, influence the situation by having a tent available.
2: <laughs> so, That's right, exactly. And the, and the wedding, of course, is not about the weather. The wedding is about the union. So, yeah. you know, keep, keep your balance here. Keep yeah, your balance I with know. what's really important the wow. third the third trait which i find to be very interesting let's talk a little bit about this because it goes back to your what you said at the very very beginning of this broadcast it's all about the love mm-hmm. the third trait is they are compassionate they know that everyone deserves respect goodwill and love including others who might who may not be handling situations or circumstances in way they would prefer yes. judgment and condemnation do not contribute to nurturing resilience. No. It's as if and they have a stake in not being convinced. They have a stake yeah. in not being con- compassionate.
0: Yeah, it's true because it keeps them safe. <laughs> because the, 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 the quote that comes to mind for me is, you know, walk a mile in their shoes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, <clears throat> that can be really, excuse me, that can be really scary Because you don't know what you're going to come across and actually they may be in more pain than you are. So,
2: so how does, so help me understand how compassion for another person helps me to build resilience inside myself. I'm having a little difficulty connecting those dots. Okay. Help me with that.
0: No, and I understand that it, it is difficult because it can be really scary to put yourself in someone else's situation. But actually, that's half of compassion. The other half is not making it about you or, or me. You know, the other half is about empathy and understanding that person is in pain. We may not know why they're in pain. We may not know what their pain is. Feels like, but we know what pain feels like for us. So, trying to understand and be compassionate, be understanding. Say, okay, you're in pain.
2: I, and it's the compassion that helps me to open myself up mm-hmm. to something else. So, instead of just closing down and thinking all about me, 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 right. when I open up and and see myself as part of the bigger picture, it's exactly. that bigger picture that I work with that helps me to keep perspective and it's the perspective that takes me to the resilience
0: and you can keep bouncing back at that point because you're like okay i'm not alone in this we're in this together Mm -hmm. so it creates the bond between me and the other person when i have compassion for them not pity but compassion and so that brings the i'm going to keep on going resilience i'm going to keep on going Mm -hmm. it's okay we can all step up
2: and the difference between compassion and pity is action, is action. We can all feel pity for someone, but if we're not compelled to do something about it, even if it's just to offer that person a smile or offer, offer right. that person some presence or offer them a safe place to feel the pain that they're feeling. we feel we're not- or hear or feel heard. As you said many times, sometimes we just deserve to be heard. Everybody mm-hmm. has their story and they need to be heard. Mm-hmm. And f- and they need to feel safe in telling mm-hmm. that story. When mm-hmm. we open ourselves up with that compassion and we listen to someone else's pain, we begin to hold our balance better. Mm-hmm. And in holding that balance, we, we gain our perspective. And and that's, and that's where you're taking me then is to the place of resilience because that's what we're talking about here, resilience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and we pity, see things. pity is a judgment. Pity has no mm. love
2: in it. Mm. Come back to that. Mm. Important. Important. Um, we have a couple of minutes before we go to break. Uh, let me just go quickly to this one. Uh, the fourth trait of resilient people is they know life isn't perfect. And they've learned to practice acceptance. Uh, before, yeah. before we go too deeply into that one, that, that acceptance is an important word for me because there's a difference in my view between accepting something and not resisting something. There's a difference in my view to that. And again, it's oh, all okay. this wordsmithing. So I'd like to talk about that a little bit on the other side of the break. So let's go, our, let's take our break now, and then we'll come back and talk about the difference between acceptance and not resisting. Uh, so let me remind our listeners: you're listening to Timeshare on Voice America's Seventh Wave channel with Marie Jack- with me, Marie Jackson, and Priya Rana Kapoor. Uh, during our break, you can go to our websites and take a look at what's going on. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the difference between acceptance and not resisting.
1: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Marie Jackson is a holistic mentor in the field of metaphysical spirituality. Her practice includes private advising, Workshops and talks. Clients and students are offered tools, guidance, practices, and resources for managing stress and realizing personal power. Marie has a focus on intention and the law of attraction. By staying true to the spirit of who you are in daily living, you can process short and long term goals, negotiate and hold boundaries, and clarify communication and commitments in work, relationships, and family dynamics. For more information, visit mariejackson.net. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. are tuned into timeshare living reality navigating the dream to reach marie jackson or her guest today please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 if you'd rather send an email her email address is marie at marie now back to timeshare
2: Welcome back. I'm with Priya Rana Kapoor today, author of Give Yourself Permission to Live Your Life. And before we went to break, we were going through the 10 traits of really resilient people and um, we're looking at all of this relative to our view, our vision of, of the glass as half full or half empty. How do we see things as advantages? How do we see things as disadvantages? How does this work for me? How does this not work for me? And the fourth trait that we started to talk about before we went to break was resilient people know that life isn't perfect and they've learned to practice acceptance. So instead of resisting what is happening, even if it's not their preference, they accept circumstances they can't change and expect that things will get better. Um, I'd like to work that That statement a little bit and um, start with how you see this Priya what's the difference between uh, accepting and not resisting how do you see the difference
0: that's so interesting because that's not something I've ever really thought about to be honest Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm big on acceptance versus tolerance Mm because tolerance is incredibly insidious and the acceptance is is you know, it's going to happen. It is what it is. And how am I going to choose to interact with it? Am I going to walk away? Am I going to say, or am I going to say, okay, I can accept this. <clears throat> and then you make change or you don't. Um, but this, the concept of not resisting, I like because it's a happy medium in some ways it's the whole thing with forgiveness you know I'm not a big fan of forgiveness I know that sounds strange I'm all about letting go and then forgiveness will happen so this to me is a way when you don't resist anymore it's letting go and then acceptance will happen and that doesn't mean being untrue to yourself a lot of people think acceptance is your you're like okay fine I'll accept it you know, whatever, I have no control anyhow, so,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and so it's, it's sort of like they're giving up on themselves. Um, so it's really working around that. So this is a tool to work around that. It's mm-hmm. not accepting just giving up, but it's actually not resisting something, and that may be easier to understand and well, less I- trail making.
2: I think I think you and I are pretty much on the same page with that. Acceptance to me, I think you're saying the same thing, and, and I loved what you said about you're not big on forgiveness because to you, forgiveness is letting go. That's what A Course in Miracles teaches. A Course in Miracles teaches that forgiveness is just letting go. Yeah. And, that, and that's what takes you, because in our Western culture, we see things as, I forgive you, even mm. though you have done something wrong, I have judged you to be something wrong, mm. I am going to look past it and give you forgiveness. And that's not what, real, that's not what true forgiveness is at all. Yeah, true right. forgiveness is just letting it go. And that's a, a teaching from A Course in Miracles. To me, acceptance has a, a, sem, a, has a bit of a stop kind of feature to it. Mm. This is the way it is, and I have stopped. I'm accepting this. The not resisting to me is, this is the way it is. I understand that. How can I work with this? It has a forward sense to mm, it. Interesting. It has a, it has a um, let me love this as it is, because I can't change what is. I can only change my, my reaction to it and what I do with it from this moment forward yeah so while acceptance has me kind of stuck okay so I'm driving the car I get stuck in the mud yes um, you know I get a flat tire I run off the road I get stuck in the mud whatever it is but anyway I'm not going anywhere I can just stand there and say oh well the car doesn't go and I have stopped now and I have to accept this or I can look at it and say hmm that's lousy what do I do now then I call AAA, I call my husband, I call a friend, uh, I call the gas station down around the corner, somebody come, whatever. So it isn't so much that I'm condemning where I am in the in this stop feeling of acceptance, as much as I am moving forward with what is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're saying the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just that you've used a phrase that actually is the bridge phrase, that is, which is the phrase of, of not resisting. Um, which I actually really like that because that is the bridge between stopping and what you do next. So I always mm-hmm. say it's, you can accept things and then it's, it's, it, it doesn't matter what's happened in the past. It's how you move forward. You so, move And forward. it's all about how you move forward, how you move Certainly. forward. So this one actually gives you, you know, by using that phrase, it's a way to give yourself more space mm-hmm. to move forward.
2: Mm-hmm. So, let, when we go back to our original theme, which is your, your view of the glass of half full or half empty changes when you realize there's no glass. And so, if we're stuck in the mud, we're not necessarily looking this as, as half full or half empty as much as we're just stuck in the mud. What do I do now?
0: Yeah. Because
2: it's just a circumstance. It, it's not what we, how we view it does not determine it's good or bad. Yep. How we view it is how does how does it take us to a place where we can continue to move forward, and we continue to make this an advantage for everybody,
0: right? And and it comes down to you know this being an action of self care and self love, mm-hmm. because if we are going to drive our cra- selves crazy if we don't accept oh, things, gosh, or if we yeah. yeah don't work with what is the flat tire <laughs> you
2: know, working Yeah, you know, work with what is and bless what is and bless what is because in a spiritual sense whatever it is it's happening you know it took the universe 14 billion years to create this moment who am i to argue with it okay yeah. so whatever it is okay it's here what do i do with it this is an opportunity for me how can i how can i move this forward or i can just stay stuck and complain about it a lot uh, and, and which uh, is, is kind of what? natural anyway <laughs>
0: Yeah, it is, it is. But the thing is, it's a survival thing. If we can sit there and complain about it, not do anything about it, or we can go forward and do something about it, right. and then we get back to resilience. That is what resilience is. Get back up. Get you back know, What up. am I going to do? Different.
2: And you just and you just took me to the fifth uh, trait <laughs> of
0: sorry.
2: resilient people. They know when to ask for help. Yeah. We're taught to be self-reliant and independent with our problem solving, but sometimes we just have to say, you know what? I can't do this. Can you help me? Yeah. You know, those are very powerful words. I think I wrote a tune-up not too long ago about the most powerful words are, how can I help? And Mm -hmm. I need your help. Yeah. They're very powerful words.
0: And I've got to, you know, in modern society, especially Western culture, it's becoming less and less Okay. To ask for help.
2: Why do you think that is, Priya? Uh, Why do you think think that
0: is? I think one of them is that we have fragmented the family unit or the village, as it were, because we're able to travel, because we're able to go to different places. We meet people in different parts of the world and we go and live with them. We don't have the village. So it wasn't a function of helping. It was a function of being a family aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody chipped in. So we're far more fragmented. And because of that, people don't know us. And so we care more about what other people think of us. And so it is seen as weak in Western culture, not so much in other cultures. I mean, definitely. But if you ask for help, you can't do it yourself. (gasps) She can't do it all herself. Oh my goodness,
2: she's really Some kind of a come down, yeah, that's a come down. But you don't see, I I want to pursue that a little bit with you because even though we are geographically fragmented, okay, I have a friend who lives in Philadelphia, um, not too far from where I am, I'm in Philadelphia, she lives on on the other side of the river here in Philadelphia. She has a daughter in Boston and a son in Los Angeles, but they stay very connected on Mm -hmm. social media, Mm -hmm. Skype is their best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have little babies growing up, grandchildren growing up. So, we, you know, we just turn on the Skype and we see the children. Yeah. Um, so, geography, um, so so it's not so much that we are geographically fragmented as we are mm. emotionally fragmented. Is that no, where you're
0: going with it? Both, both. But the fact is her daughter has three kids at home, three kids, two kids at mm-hmm. home. And there can be days when she needs a break and she doesn't have a close relative to come and sit with the uh,
2: children. Ah, I see, I see yeah you see yeah, that's the isolation that you're talking about yeah yeah or help
0: to bake the cookies for the teachers you know right. because right. but all of a sudden she's got to clean she's got to change the nappies of the child and cook the big cookies it's too mm. much for mm-hmm. one person and so we don't have the physical hands as readily available without maybe paying for it in a lot yeah, of
2: Yeah, takes a village yeah i understand
0: so that's kind of what i mean with that so that's, mm. that's of them and, and are we emotionally disconnect i think we are actually in some ways maybe more <laughs> connected with with social media yeah we can say hey we're feeling down and someone will put a hand out and reach out to you but there are still times when you think gosh you know stop complaining lady <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that is our own judgment you mm-hmm. know so yeah. It's, yeah interesting um let's look at number six number six of the ten traits of emotionally resilient people I love this. They know when to listen, mm-hmm. when it's time to be supportive, and when to allow space. I love space. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's really hard to do in a very noisy world. When you're trying, and I keep, you know, I know I'm sounding like the the naysayer here on everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't mean it to be that. I'm just no. You're seeing. giving us perspective. Yeah, it's not seeing. a naysaying. It's <laughs> your perspective.
0: I'm not a negative person. I just know where people – I mean, we all know where people suffer. I just call it sometimes maybe. I don't know. Um, but, okay. yes, it's hard when we're trying to prove ourselves and we're, we're trying to say, well, I'm worth something too in this world. And there's a lot of noise trying to put you down. So I
2: always I always find it difficult if I'm working with a friend, if I'm working with a family member, if I'm working with a client – Not so much with a client, but uh, friends and family members because, you know, there's such a a, a deep basis of love there. When Mm -hmm. I see or hear the same self-destructive behavior, Mm. okay, I need to know when to listen, when it's time to be supportive, when to allow space. I do all those things. There's a fine line between being supportive and enabling and I really struggle with that sometimes. Am I just being a good listener here because I love you, you're a family member, you're important to me, or am I really just enabling you to continue on your self-pity? I'm, I'm working pretty hard to help to move you along and out of the self-destructive behavior into the joy that you're entitled to, but for some reason, I'm having difficulty being supportive of you mm-hmm. without enabling the behavior. And that's, that's, yeah. a, that's, a hard, that's a hard line to walk. I have found that that's a hard line to work, walk.
0: It's a very hard line to walk. And then because if something's feeling uncomfortable to you, that means you're not taking care of yourself in some way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I would work with a client on anyhow. Mm-hmm. And so it comes back to acceptance. <laughs> and, you know, this is the situation they like and the secondary game. They like being listened to. Mm-hmm. but they're not mm-hmm. going to move themselves forward. And that's okay. That is okay, but you get to make the choice if you want to be complicit in it. If you want to, because it's starting to break you down.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah th- that's the other line that I have difficulty walking a- an awful lot too, where if someone is working with me, I'm working with them um, and I feel like I can help them feel better. Mm-hmm. I feel that I need to help them get better. Mm. and and i'm glad to help them feel better but if all if that's all i'm doing i'm feeling better but they're not getting better one of us is not working well enough one of us is not working hard enough
0: and also it's giving them back their responsibility so if they you're making them feel better by listening to them and and we all do this too we we want people to feel better but the problem is is they're going to be reliant on someone else and then they will never it'll never come from within for mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. and they were what happens god forbid if something happens to me and my client is all of a sudden there without mm-hmm. me um how have i served them by not giving them the tools or the space as you said to to mm-hmm. figure it out to, to 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 be able to take it on themselves
2: yeah teach a man to fish exactly mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. uh we're coming up on our final break here so let's uh, remind our listeners. This is Timeshare on Voice America's 7th Wave channel with me, Marie Jackson. My regular Second Thursday contributor, Priya, Rana Kapoor, and I are talking about vision. Um, so when we come back, we're going to talk about the, the uh, last few traits of emotionally resilient people. So please stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Marie Jackson is a holistic mentor in the field of metaphysical spirituality. Her practice includes private advising, workshops, and talks. Clients and students are offered tools, guidance, practices, and resources for managing stress and realizing personal power. Marie has a focus on intention and the law of attraction. By staying true to the spirit of who you are in daily living, you can process short and long-term goals, negotiate and hold boundaries, and clarify communication and commitments in work, relationships, and family dynamics. For more information, visit mariejackson.net.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
1: You are tuned into Timeshare Living Reality, Navigating the Dream. To reach Marie Jackson or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email, her email address is marie at mariejackson.net. Now, back to Timeshare.
2: Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Before we went to break, Uh, Priya and I were going through the 10 traits of emotionally resilient people um, as we took off of the HeartMath.com website. HeartMath is really good stuff. They tell you that there's a lot more power coming out of your heart than there is coming out of your brain. And when we work with our heart, when we work with the love of who we are, we develop characteristics that help us to move beyond and see beyond the immediate benefit or detriment of any situation. Today we're talking about um, if we see something as ha- seeing the glass as half full or half empty and that all that dissolves when we realize that there's no glass. And part of, part of that view, part of that vision beyond the immediate benefit that we're talking about today is helping us to be resilient, helping us to be open, helping us to keep our balance and gain the perspective of other people. And part of our resilience is um, is how we can reach inside ourselves and grow beyond what we think we need. So... Um, Let's let's go on to the last few traits of emotionally resilient people. Number seven is they have positive supportive circles. Mm-hmm. I know that you talk about this quite a bit in your book, Priya. Can you approach that a little bit for us?
0: Yeah, these are for, for me. These are dream team members. So these are people that have helped you in the past or that can currently help you, um, and. It's what's really good here is taking stock of these people and understanding who are your support system and what each person can do. And that is not on a selfish level. That's actually not asking the wrong people to do something, someone that's not interested or doesn't have the skills. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to take uh, stock.
2: Let me stop you right there only because you just led us into number eight. You (laughs) just took us right with what you said into number eight. You could have written these for you. Yeah. (laughs) Number eight is they, uh, they know who to go for honest advice mm. and who's more likely to add drama to a situation. Exactly. Isn't that beautiful? Pick can choose. Who's going to give me real advice or who's just going to add fuel to the fire? And who's going to give the
0: advice that's a warranted advice? You can ask someone for their opinion or their advice and they have no idea, they have no understanding of that situation. Mm. And that's okay because, again, it takes a village. Everybody mm-hmm. has different strengths and mm-hmm. it's recognizing everybody's strengths.
2: Loving, what they what they say here, what they go on to say here, which I think is beautiful because it keeps coming back to what you had said in the very beginning, it's about the love. Loving or caring for someone doesn't necessarily mean that that person will provide the guidance you need. Each person has their own strengths, so taking relevant personality traits into consideration yeah. before asking for advice is important. Yeah. And that's what your circle is, that's what your dream team is. Yeah, mm-hmm. Knowing knowing who to surround yourself with.
0: And, and yeah, exactly. And I think it's much better to figure that out before you're in the middle of it. And that's, I think, a resilient person, someone that knows who to go to specifically because they have done their homework ahead of time.
2: Yeah, sometimes we commit ourselves and narrow ourselves down ahead of time. And then we're stuck like, oh my goodness, how did I get myself into this? Yeah. And now I'm asking the wrong person. I'm asking the wrong person for advice. And then if, that, if I don't take that person's advice, then their yes. nose is out of joint. Oh, oh my, my goodness, I should have done a little bit more due diligence on how this person was going to respond if I did not take her advice, right? I should, I should look nec- a little more closely.
0: And that's not necessarily manipulation, although manipulation isn't always a bad thing, but, um, but that's, that's influence, you can influence the situation. You don't want to put that person in a bad place or exactly. a bad situation.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Very important. Yourself. <laughs> so we've got a couple more to go through mm-hmm. that I would like to approach before uh, we get too close to our closing here. Uh, number nine, I love this. And it kind of goes back to number one. Number one is they practice the art of, of care and self-care. And number nine On this list from HeartMath says they are self-aware, huge, and often engage in practices that provide self-reflection. Self-reflection and self-care go together, don't they? Mm
0: -hmm. I think so, because you can only take care of yourself if you respect yourself or you understand yourself. And so, a lot of people are really afraid of this self reflection thing. They think we're going to have to sit up on a mountain for 40 days and things like that, which, you know, but this is just stopping. I think, I think what, what I would interpret this as it doesn't have to be 40 days. It, has, it doesn't have to be two weeks at a retreat in India, although that would be nice. <laughs> but it can be just a little time to stop, breathe, take stock, and, un- and listen to yourself.
2: And that's I think that's what a good coach does. That's what a good counselor does. That's what a good therapist does. Okay, so we did this. that uh, We did this in 1999. Then we did this in 2011. And then we did this in 2015. They're all the same things. You got yourself involved in the same situation, relationship, work situation, whatever. Why do you think this one's going to be different? That's what comes from reflection. That's what comes from retrospection. And if you're self-aware and if you allow yourself to reflect... It yeah. helps you to learn so that the situations that you come across are not necessarily stumbling blocks. It was, it was part of your path. I, I, one of my favorite phrases with people is that, you know, w- w- obstacles are not on our path. Obstacles are our path. Mm-hmm. But we need to reflect on how we handled those obstacles in the path so that as we go forward, we can say, okay, this is what I learned. This is what I learned. How can I apply what I learned? That's the self-reflection yeah. piece.
0: Yeah, and it is and it's hugely important.
2: And it's very important. And now we come to number 10, which is actually my very favorite. I love this. My very, very favorite one is they are grateful. Emotionally resilient people are grateful. Yeah. And what they go on to say is the adage of know thyself is important in building and living with resilience. It can often, often make the difference between feeling confidence about the ability to handle adversity and feeling hopeless or overwhelmed. And how do we get to the place of being grateful so whatever it is that's going on, it is a lesson for us. Yeah. It's a place for us to feel blessed. One of the things that I do in one of my workshops is I help people to stay on this side of the butt. One of my favorite lines is, <laughs> well, yeah, I do have a good marriage. And, yes, I have a wonderful job. And, yes, I'm very healthy and my kids are doing well. But what I need is, and yeah. we just negated everything that came before that but, yeah, and what I help people to do is stay on this side of the butt.
0: Oh, when you stay I in like the place that. of yeah,
2: if you stay I in like the place that. of gratitude, hey, enjoy <laughs> it, use it in good health with my blessing, dear. But, but that's I think that's an important consideration, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. S- stay on this side of the butt. Be grateful. Be grateful, grateful is everything.
0: It brings you into the present. And it brings it you, you, and and it, and, it, and it adds love, because you're grateful. You love something.
2: Yes, and actually at a metaphysical level, this is what I work with, with intention and the law of attraction. When you are grateful, when you are appreciative, when you are generous, when you are holding that gratitude as the foundation for your existence, when you're holding that, you're telling the universe, I'm so happy with what you have given me, please give me more. And that's how we get more. When yeah. we're grateful for where we already are, we end we open doors. We open yeah. doors and, and we get even that much more. Lovely. We get Lovely. even that much more. Um, I can't believe that we're coming actually to the close of our show. And I thank you so much for being with us again, Priya. This is a lovely, lovely show. I really appreciate everything that you've contributed. Please tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you to pursue this conversation, to start other conversations, how they can get your book, subscribe to your coaching tips, your courses. Tell us a little bit about how they can go forward with you.
0: It's it's, it's a one-stop shop you can go to my website www.gyspermission.com. that's give yourself permission com, and you can sign up for some some uh, the newsletter the coaching tip of the week you can get in touch with me there and um, the e course will be online very soon this is very exciting
2: Thank you so much. And I love love your coaching tips of the week. I really look forward to reading those. Uh, To our listeners, you've been listening to Timeshare on Voice America's 7th Wave channel with me, Marie Jackson, your host. I am a holistic mentor in the field of metaphysical spirituality. I help people manage stress, achieve goals, and realize personal power in daily living by staying true to the spirit of who they are in work, relationships, and family dynamics. Thank you for sharing this time with us today. I hope you'll join us every Thursday from noon until 1 U.S. Eastern time as we explore the field of metaphysical spirituality in the meantime i wish you ease in living your wholeness
1: thank you for tuning into timeshare living reality navigating the dream please join your host marie jackson again next thursday at 9 a.m pacific time 12 noon eastern time as she brings you another thought-provoking show on the voice america seventh wave channel Have a great week.